Lisa likes the window seat at night, the lights below that tell her she's nearly home. Then there's the lights she can't see, the runway lights we power to bring her plane safely into land. And because at Energia we also power all of Ireland's streetlights, Lisa's taxi home is that bit safer too. And no prizes for guessing who powers her house. Welcome home, Lisa. Energia, the power behind your power. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, this is the best time of the year. How are you doing, man? Uh, I love it. I mean, I absolutely do. I mean, it's a coin flip for me. I like to draft better, so it's not a coin flip. Those two or three days in the draft are better. But, man, this is unbelievable, and it's fast and furious. It's affecting Dynasty and Fantasy dramatically these last two days. And what I love about it, you know, fantasy aside, and I always say this, that when this is the time, the only time of year, the teams don't lie to you. You know, that they're spending money where they want to spend money and it's telling you what they, you know, they're pulling back the curtain and tell you exactly what they think of your team. If you've been doing this long enough and you're as good at it as we have become, you learn quite a bit this week. Yeah, that's actually probably one of the one of the hardest things to accept through this whole process but when you you like a player you know you like Adam Shaheen as a as a breakout candidate <laughs> right and then Trey Burton comes along it's it's so hard to to change that that mindset but it's it's important to do because exactly what you said rings true that uh these teams are telling us they're telling us what they think of adam shaheen it it doesn't mean he's a bad player or we should drop him from our dynasty teams or anything like that but it does mean we should reevaluate uh his standing and his value in a dynasty league all right matt so here's the plan for today we have had so much news uh which it it was expected but i've seen people call this already the biggest free agent and, and most impactful free agent class we've ever seen, uh, which is probably true. So much has happened. We were going to do a listener question episode uh, this week. We got some good ones already. Most of those, honestly, focus on free agency and how dynasty uh, value is changing based on these moves, these signings and trades and everything else that we've seen in the past week. So we are just going to go through basically every move that has been made, every player that has signed or or at least agreed to terms. Uh, as of now, free agency has not officially started, but that legal tampering period that we we love so much is uh, is well underway, and and we pretty much know where most of these guys are going to land. Um, so we want to talk about pretty much every single player. Yeah, uh, that that is important in dynasty leagues, and we'll even hit on a few that haven't made a decision yet, and maybe where they will go. So, uh, Matt, I pulled up the top 100 free agents uh, list from Roto World that Evan Silva and and the guys over there manage. Uh, I pulled out every quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. We're just going to go down the list. 
uh, talk about the signing, uh, the new team. If there is a new team, a few of these guys stayed home with their former team. And maybe some players that we should be looking to buy or sell as a result of this. Uh, it starts at the top as with really the jewel of the class when everybody wanted to know where he would, would land. And we heard lots of rumors with Kirk Cousins. And he he eventually chose uh, the one, I guess, the team that we thought he probably would after all the smoke cleared, the Minnesota Vikings. Three-year deal, reportedly $86 million. Matt, talk about the fit of Cousins in Minnesota. Yeah, and I like it a lot. I mean, I think this confirms them with the Eagles and maybe the Rams as, you know, one of the absolute best teams in the league. And what I like a lot about it, too, is now if you're the Vikes, you can dedicate the draft to a defensive tackle, offensive lineman. There's not much business that needs done. Um, however, you know, for dynasty and fantasy, I don't know that I expect Cousins to have a better year than Keenum did last year. Keenum was really good last year. I mean, so I don't spike Thielen or Diggs necessarily. No, I, I agree. I think um, I think people are going to be excited about Cousins. Uh, his his uh, supporting cast is obviously going to be a lot better than what we've seen the past couple of years in Washington. Getting to throw the ball to to Diggs and Thielen, as you said, to Kyle Rudolph, uh, Dalvin Cook sharing uh, that backfield with him. So. Um, I think I think it it looks really good on the surface, but I, I think I've said it on here before. I expect that passing volume to go down. Uh, I mm, yeah. I looked at the average uh, the average pass attempts both by Cousins and by Minnesota quarterbacks over the past three years, and there was a pretty wide difference. Um, let's see if I can find it here. I actually put that out on Twitter earlier today. So over the past three seasons, Kirk Cousins has averaged 563 pass attempts over those same three years. Uh, Vikings quarterbacks have averaged 522. So maybe not a huge difference, uh, around 40 fewer pass attempts. But uh, I expect Cousins to throw fewer fewer passes, fewer touchdowns. Dalvin Cook's going to um, see his share of, of opportunities in the red zone. So this is a great move for the Vikings. Uh, I don't know that it changes Cousins' value all that much, but if it does, if if people are excited about him, he would be the player I would be selling in this uh, in this circumstance. Yeah, and how I want to do this is I I recently updated my dynasty ranks, and I have some news for that. Maybe the next podcast I'll tell you where to find those, but not yet. And. I'm just going to throw a couple names at you that I have right around Cousins, and you tell me who you'd rather have, just off the top of your head, if you don't mind. Sure. Dak. Dak. Jimmy G. Yeah, Garoppolo. Brady. Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Rivers. Uh, Yeah, I want Cousins over all those guys, just, just for age. Okay, I agree. Also, young guys, Mahomes, Trubisky. And we'll get to their changes in a moment, too. Yeah, both of those are are going to be really interesting ones. Um, I'm probably taking Cousins over both, but it wouldn't. But I safer. Think, yeah, I think both, especially Mahomes. In fact, Mahomes is already being valued uh, based on DLF Dynasty ADP. Mahomes is already being valued ahead of Cousins, and, and with 
the moves the Chiefs have been making, that's not going to change, I don't think. No, I think he's a little overvalued. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. All right, well, let's move along here. We could spend a long time on all these guys. All right, next up, uh, again, no real surprise here, Drew Brees. Uh, it was maybe took a little bit longer than uh, most people thought, but he did end up agreeing to stay in New Orleans, a two-year deal. I think it was $50 million. We no, might no, skip over him, though. Yeah, yeah. no real right. change here, right? Right, right. Just I would keep that one rolling along. Their third offensive skill player on the list, Allen Robinson. Uh, this is one I woke up to. Matt, I, I'm a little – this is my only – frustration over these past couple days i take the day off work yesterday it's the beginning of the legal tampering period and i just expect the news to be flowing like like fine wine right and i'm parked in front of the television all day i've I've got twitter i've got everything fired up and all we get is cameron bright that's pretty much the only (laughs) thing that happened yesterday so um it was it was kind of a wasted day off work for me, which is that's not a bad thing. Uh, but you went today. Yeah, I go back to work today, <laughs> and I can't even can't even put my phone down for one second without one of these superstars uh, picking a team, and and I'm busy teaching fractions and and things like that. So <laughs> that's that's my only uh, the only downside of this personally for me. But uh, let's get back to Allen Robinson. I woke up to the report of of his uh, signing as most of us did this morning, three years, 42 million with the uh, Chicago bears. We saw the Instagram picture of him last week with the, I think it was with the Cubs Jersey. So people were starting to connect the dots there that maybe he would go to the bears. This team uh, offensively was just a disaster last year. They make the coaching change. They bring in the former, uh, the Chiefs' former offensive coordinator, Nagy. They they're making moves here, and the Bears suddenly look a lot better. I've yeah. uh, I've made the connection, and I've heard others do the same thing. That this the Bears might be this year's version of the L.A. Rams with with the turnaround. I was just about to say that. I mean, the Rams led the league in scoring last year, year so I don't think it's going to get to that level. But I do think the organization took the same approach of. Let's get a fresh, young offensive mind. And goal number one is make our franchise quarterback, second pick of the draft, you know, life as easy as possible. And I really feel like you mentioned Burton. We'll get them down the road. That it would have been a, a big problem, though, if they didn't end up with at least Landry Robinson or Watkins. You know, like if they had to settle for Moncrief for Richardson or something like that, then you're looking at him going, ah. Eh. But now you got a guy. You know, to me – that's huge. And I think he's gonna get a lot of targets. I think he fits that weather fine. You know, I mean, he can, he can play in the, I always think of that field as being a slow field. They also signed Taylor Gabriel, which might open a little bit of room for some of these other guys, but that was kind of an under the radar signing. Um, I like a Robinson pickup for them. And I feel like it was a move they had to make. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I do think this boost Robinson's value. He was already, um, gaining some value this off season, just as fantasy owners kind of uh, forgave the injury that kept him out most of the season. He's currently the wide receiver 14, according to DLF ADP uh, guys like Brandon cook, Stefan Diggs, AJ green are directly ahead of him. I could see him potentially jumping all, all of those guys and getting up into that wide receiver one range. Do you think that's fair? Mm-hmm. I have it 17 right now, right behind Diggs, Thielen, Hill, Alshon. 
but I've been gradually moving him up. He, I like him a lot. He just hasn't done anything for two years. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. He he should see all the targets that he, that he uh, that he wants there. And as disappointing, I don't know if disappointing was is the fair word, but uh, it wasn't a great rookie year for Mitchell Trubisky. We we can all right. agree on that. But that that coaching staff is gone. The offense is going to be much improved. We could have said the same thing about Jared Goff a year ago, and even as bad as he looked at times. I think people are still viewing this as he's better than Blake Bortles. Uh, yeah, and probably will be by week, you know, through the season. I think we'll all agree on that. But is Trubisky going to throw the ball forty times? Well, I mean, they, I mean, he didn't last year hardly at all. Right. I mean, you know, they obviously have have a strong running game there with Howard and uh, and Tariq Cohen as well. So they've. They've got some options. They suddenly have mm-hmm. some mouths to feed. They've made three signings today. Uh, we've we've mentioned the others, and we'll talk about those more uh, in a moment. I still wouldn't be surprised if they spent a day two pick on another wide receiver. Again, really following, yeah. really following that path that we saw with the Rams. The Rams this time last year uh, signed Robert Woods in the draft. They they add Cooper Cup. They add. Josh Reynolds, they add Gerald Everett as as pass catchers, uh, and then they still went out and acquired Sammy Watkins late in the uh, in the preseason. So, just loading, they loaded golf up with weapons. I think the Bears are going to try to do the same thing. So, even with multiple signings already today at the pass catcher position, I don't think they're done. No, probably not. And I mentioned they did sign Gabriel. You know, I mean, who's download? I mean, they didn't have a speed guy. And Burton, I still like Shaheen, but Burton's much different than Shaheen. You know, he's probably 40 pounds less than Shaheen. He's going to be kind of a hybrid move guy, Evan Ingram type, I think. So they have a wide variety of targets to throw to, too. And, and Cohen's going to catch a lot of passes. So with Trubisky, you mentioned him earlier kind of in the same range as Patrick Mahomes. He's he's not being valued in that in that area at this point, but that may change pretty quickly. Uh, again, looking back at DLF ADP, he was quarterback 19 uh, earlier this month. Probably going to be moving up from there. Would you say, Would you rather have Trubisky or Derek Carr? Oh, Carr. I mean, Carr's – I'm looking at my list. Carr's 10 on my list right now. I mean, I think Carr okay. bounces back heavy. And I have Carr with, like, Winston and Mariota. Uh, you know, we mentioned Cousins. I got him at 15, and then I have the four old old dudes, Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Rivers, all kind of lumped together. And then I have Mahomes and Trubisky, 20 and 21, right next to each other, ahead of Alex Smith, Tannehill, Dalton. And I like those guys, but Breeze and Brady put up points, and Ben and Rivers. You know, like, I, I'm not ready to take the leap that I necessarily want them. It, it depends on your team a lot, but I think their future is really bright, but prove it to me a little first. Okay. All right. Let's move on. The next, uh, next player on the list, another quarterback case Keenum agrees to sign with Denver two years, $36 million uh, getting the big payday after his uh, strong year in Minnesota. I, I think there's some questions as to, is he going to go right back to what we saw in his, in his time with the Rams? Uh, the Denver offense is, is not what the Minnesota offense was uh, over the past year. Um, they did uh, 
uh, make the move to keep Demarius Thomas today. There had been at least some reports and rumors that maybe they would part ways with him, but he'll be around. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, CJ Anderson, I'd say both of their uh, Denver future still kind of up in the air. So who knows what that offense is going to look like outside of Keenum. They haven't really made any moves with those skill guys. What do you think of Keenum with the Broncos? I think it's a very good football move. And I think it gives them a legit chance to maybe win that division and turn things around and, you know, win football games. And he's a great job of avoiding sacks and not turning the ball over and making some plays on his own. They haven't gotten that from them, but for the dynasty world, I mean, I have him right there with like Dalton and Bortles and Tannehill and those type of guys. And it's still, I mean, would it shock you if Denver used that early first round pick still on a quarterback? I mean, I think that still could happen. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I don't want to quite make the Mike Glennon comparison, but it's pretty close to that. Uh, I don't really see any any dynasty value with Keenum or, or at least very, very little outside of uh, super flex or two quarterback leagues. It, it's just been so frustrating for, for Denver fans. I'm sure with this quarterback situation, the past two or three years, they, they really haven't had an answer. And I, honestly, I'm not sure if they do right now. Yeah. Um, if, it's if better. I can, yeah, yeah, it, it's better, but uh, Keenum for me, if, if I can take advantage of this and sell him. And again, I think that's really only an option in two quarterback leagues. Uh, he would be my sell candidate from this uh, this signing. Yeah, on my Locked On NFL podcast today, I said, it's improved, but it's not fixed. Right. All right, the next guy is actually a player who has not signed yet or not agreed to any terms, at least since we started this show, which certainly could have changed uh, as <laughs> minute, oh, yeah. considering the uh, – the way the news has been has been flowing today. AJ McCarron, uh, former Bengals backup quarterback. Of course, he was linked to the Browns for so for so long, but uh, that changed last week. Then, when they made a move and acquired Tyrod Taylor, um, just looking at at some of these quarterback needy teams heading into the offseason, or or even just a couple of days ago, the Vikings, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Broncos, Jets. Uh, they they've all at least made some type of move to address that quarterback position. Uh, really the only team left with that gaping hole is the Buffalo Bills. And they're a team who has been moving, uh, who made the move to move up in the draft. They got the Bengals number 12 pick and speculation is they're going to try to move up even more to get Josh Allen or Josh Rosen, one of these rookie quarterbacks. So does McCarron land in Buffalo or does he have to take a backup job somewhere else? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, cause you still have a guy like Bridgewater out there who's, you know, the jets are still talking to, even though they brought back McCown. Um, you would think Buffalo's the most logical that, like you said, that you said that really well, that's the only real starting job that's open as we speak. I mean, maybe McCarron would go back up Eli, you know, if they draft Barkley or something like that, or bar- back up Rivers or back up Breeze, something like that with maybe a starting, you know, position maybe opening up sooner than later. But he's, he's the odd man out. Yeah, he, he definitely lost the game of musical chairs. Uh, if he, even if he, I guess, which is probably best case scenario for, for McCarron at this point, if he lands in Buffalo and gets a, two-year, 
40 million dollar deal or 36 million dollar deal that's the same thing that keenum got it's really the same story he's he's not a guy that i'm excited about if i do already have him on my roster in a two quarterback league i'm going to try to to flip him at that point because i do think there's a pretty strong chance they add one of these rookie quarterbacks in the first round. Yeah. I mean, they, they have so many draft picks now. I mean, like that Tyrod Taylor one gave another early, the first pick in the third round. I mean, they have all these picks to move up. I'd be shocked if they don't end up with one of the, the five first round type guys. Let's look now at a former Buffalo bill and a brand new Kansas city chief. Sammy Watkins leaves LA gets a three year, $48 million deal with the chiefs. Uh, Matt, you said on here uh, several uh, episodes ago that you thought it would be best for Sammy to get out of LA for his fantasy value and and just for his NFL production. Are you happy with the Chiefs landing spot? I don't love it. I mean, if I if I had to bet who's going to lead the Chiefs in catches, I still would pick Kelsey. Um, I like it a lot for Mahomes, uh, and again, this reminds me of the Rams as well. You know that. We're putting a new quarterback in, friendly offense to him. Let's give him more weapons than he needs almost. And if that neglects defense for a year, so be it. They paid him a lot of money. I mean, I still really, really like the player. I think it hurts Tyreek Hill a little bit, though. Well, see, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit of a Tyreek Hill apologist, I feel like. but I don't blame you. He's, he's not a player who was heavily targeted really at any point in the season uh, or, or during his rookie season as well. He He's not that player that is going to see a dozen targets a game. Uh, he, and he doesn't need it. Right. And he doesn't need it. Watkins is kind of the same player actually. So right. That's my thought. It is a, a little bit uh, baffling from that point of, from, from that point of view. I agree. Kelsey's probably most likely to still lead them in catches. Um, I think Watkins is the more complete route runner, more complete receiver, though. I I think it's actually kind of reasonable to think that Kelsey leads in catches, Sammy leads in uh, in yards, and Hill leads in touchdowns. Certainly, long ones. I mean, he'll lead. He's gonna lead in big plays. All right, let me give you a couple names: Sammy versus Baldwin. Oh, Sammy. Okay, uh, Sammy versus Gordon. Sammy. Corey Davis. Sammy. Your boy Juju. Oh, Juju. <laughs> and Jarvis Landry. Uh yeah, Landry. I like Landry okay. in Cleveland. Okay. I mean, we're about on the same page then. You take Allen Robinson over Watkins, though. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Um, I was I was surprised Watkins made more uh in, in this deal than than Robinson got. Uh I, I do, even though in in that, those questions you just posed, I, I went with Sammy most of the time. I do feel like in this situation, he's a sell. I think people are uh, a, a little excited about this landing spot. Maybe it's just him getting out of L.A., which did kind of seem like a bad fit for him despite their offensive success. Um, so I, I do kind of feel like he's a sell at this point, you know, and of course, always depending what you can get in that deal. but. But he's he's a player I would be floating, and if you can buy Tyreek Hill or if you can buy Travis Kelsey at a discount because of this, then I would be doing that. I'll I'll be trying 
to do that myself, I know. And, and we didn't see it last year, but don't forget, this guy's had chronic foot conditions too. You know, I mean, that could pop up anytime. You know, like they gave him $16 million a year. They better feel pretty good about that foot. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know who I feel good about? I bet you do. I've got an idea. Our friends at Harry's, they're my they're my faves. Like I've been telling you guys for a long time, I've been hooked way before the Dynasty Blueprint even existed. They were sponsors of another podcast of mine, and it's the only thing I will use. I use it every day. I never skip a day, even though I don't work. <laughs> I have to leave the house. But I'm, I'm big on the Harry's blades. I used to use an electric. It's fantastic. Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price, which is why three million of us have switched to Harry's. Jeff and Andy are just two ordinary dudes. They were fed up with getting charged with an arm and a leg for razor blades. They started Harry's to fix shaving, and I think they have. They stripped out the unnecessary features like vibrating handles and a bazillion lubricating strips and all the nonsense and the unnecessary cost, more importantly, to deliver customers one perfect razor at an amazing price. A good shave comes down to good blades because Harry's owns their factory. They're able to deliver amazing quality blades for just two bucks a blade compared to double that what you pay at your local drugstore. And all the products are, of course, backed by 100% guarantee. So... Harry's is so confident you'll be you'll be going to love their blades. You're gonna live. You gotta give their free trial shave set for free when you sign up at Harry's.com/dynasty. All you gotta do for pay pay for shipping, and you'll get their free trial shave set for free. Um, it's a thirteen dollar value. You get a great razor handle, five precision blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, a travel blade cover, and rich lathering shave gel that my wife loves the smell of. So. To get your free trial set, go to harrys.com slash dynasty right now. That's harrys.com slash dynasty. All right, Matt, let's keep rolling through this list. Sam Bradford, former Vikings quarterback, agrees to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. One year, $20 million. Uh, I guess we can view that as a prove-it deal. He's uh, obviously battled injury concerns pretty much throughout his career. I'm not confident that he can stay healthy at this point either. Even his former coach, Mike Zimmer, said he had uh, a degenerative knee condition. So there's some concern. Arizona took the chance. They needed a quarterback and chose him over McCarron and and some of these other guys, Teddy Bridgewater, potentially. Do you like the fit of Bradford in Arizona? Oh, by the way, they're giving him $20 million for one year. Yep. <laughs> and have the one of the worst offensive lines in the league and he never gets out of the way of anybody and he's glass Joe. I mean, I don't see this going well and I am a big time Bradford apologist. I mean, I think he's one of the most underrated players this generation, but man, I mean, this fit does not add up for me at all. I mean, for, for his health, I mean, it fits really well for his wallet, not his health. Um, again, like we said with Denver, by no means are they done. I mean, they're going to try to get a, a young guy, I would hope. Yeah, I would think so as well. And, and maybe that, along with Bradford's injury history, maybe that went into the thinking for the uh, the one-year contract there. Um, I don't really know if there are any buys or sells. This, uh, Even though I don't love Bradford and I don't like the fit either, it doesn't scare me away from – Larry Fitzgerald or David Johnson. I'm not, I'm not trying to get away from those guys. I think they're going to produce pretty much no matter who is under center. Um, and, and really that's all they have. They just lost John Brown. Uh, since we started this show, he just agreed 
to a contract or, or at least agreed to sign. We'll get to that one in a minute. I'll tell you who he signed with Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they really have nothing else other than Fitz and, and DJ. And I still want those two guys. So kind of the same story as McCarron and Keenum. If, if I can sell Bradford in a two quarterback league, I'm doing it. I don't think he really has any value in a one quarterback league. Let's move on to another player. That might be the wor- I've said this before. This worries me a little bit about David Johnson. Cause I think that might be the worst offense in the league when it's all said and done. Yeah. Let's move on to another quarterback. Who's uh, Probably going to be the same situation. Josh McCown agrees to stick with the Jets one year, $10 million, and he was also reportedly told that he would be the starter. We saw the report from Rap Sheet, from Ian Rappaport, that uh, they were also talking with Teddy Bridgewater, and it's it's not really clear at this point if those talks are continuing or if the McCown uh, signing ended that, but they were they were at least in on Bridgewater for a while, and and maybe still are, but it looks like McCown is going to stay and be the starter. Uh, good news, bad news. What do you think? Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Uh, I mean, it's just kind of status quo. Uh, obviously, yeah. McCown is not a guy I really care about in Dynasty at all. Does he uh, have any value? He has no. He has no Dynasty value in that he's not going to get drafted at all. Uh, I think he he would barely get drafted in a deep super flex league. Okay. He certainly has no trade value, probably not even trade value again in a super flex league. Once One we get your deal. Right. Once we get in season though, once it's week five and two or three of these guys are out for the season, then he has roster value. He's, then he's, he's worth, throws right. for 280 yards and two touchdowns. Right. He's worth a roster yeah, right. spot. He's he's maybe even worth starting from from time to time, uh, depending on how he's playing and how uh, how your own fantasy team looks, what your options are. So I don't think he has trade value. I don't think he has draft value. But come regular season, he'll, he'll probably be on rosters in most leagues. Just an NFL note. I thought he played very well last year. And by all accounts, he's almost like a quarterback coach that if they do add somebody else in the draft, he's like the ideal bridge big brother guy for them. And they still might bring in Bridgewater. By the time people listen to this, that could be part of the equation too. But it sounds like McCown will be their week one starter, I think. And and he seems to be one of the few players who, who really embraces that role of being a mentor and, and keeping the seat warm. He, he understands that role at, certainly at this point in his career. And uh, yeah, he, he's just a good guy to have in the league. Uh, I think everybody was kind of bummed to see him uh, end his season as he did last year. And there was talk of retirement and things like that, but uh, he is back and, and uh, probably a good fit with the jets. Yeah. Uh, next on the list is Bridgewater. We'll kind of skip over him just waiting to see mm-hmm. where he lands um, if it's not with the jets, then, uh, again, we've got Buffalo who's still kind of open. I don't think anybody necessarily expected Bridgewater to just walk in and claim a starting job. So he may have to go to one of these teams, uh, Miami or Jacksonville uh, or, or Buffalo where he would have a chance to compete for a job, but not be handed a starting job. Yeah. I just have one little note on him and I, I actually put it on Twitter. He's from Florida, 
And I projected before free agency a great fit where it would be Miami or Jacksonville. Like you said, he his arm strength worries me for the Jets, Bills, you know, Northeast, weather. I don't know that he's a cut-the-wind, big-armed guy. Yeah, Bridgewater is an interesting case for me. It, it, he has it seems like such a following and so many fans. Uh, I I'm a fan of his. Uh, I, you know, I watched him throughout college being pretty close to, to the university of Louisville. Yeah. Um, it, the beginning of, of his NFL career before that injury, he wasn't, he wasn't anything special, right? That's what everyone forgets that he's a great story, but I didn't like him before his injury. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, Glad he's healthy. I'm glad yeah, right. he he was able to come back. Uh, I hope he gets a, a a nice fat contract from somebody. But he wasn't he wasn't that great before the injury. I don't know why we think he's he's going to turn it around at this why point. Is he better I, now. I, yeah, I, I hope he does. But uh, I'm not not counting on it. I mean, you weren't targeting him in Dynasty then, right? Right. Exactly. Right. right. Next up, it's a pretty big one. Jimmy Graham leaving Seattle, as we all knew he would. He agrees to a three-year deal with the Packers two years ago. Two years ago, the Packers brought in Jared Cook, and that, that worked okay. He, he, when he was on the field, he played well, um, but he, he struggled to stay healthy, as he has often done. Uh, last year, it was Martellus Bennett who everyone went crazy for, including myself. I loved that signing, and it was a complete disaster. And now it's Jimmy Graham that they're uh, they're trying to, or they will use, to try to fix their tight end position. Um, we can talk about Cook and, and Bennett, but Jimmy Graham's a, a different kind of player than those guys. Um, so what do you think of, of this fit? Is he just going to score all the touchdowns? Yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings because they've been looking for this guy since Jermichael Finley, and they they want to run a lot of three by one sets with the tight end as the one, and they would love to have a a matchup problem at this position. And even for a team that didn't spend money on free agents all these years, they still tried to do it only at this position. I just don't think Graham's that guy anymore. You know, the five years ago, Graham would be beating up on safeties and creating a lot of space. And I just don't think he's the difference maker that he was. And I would, if I was in charge of the Packers, I'd still be really interested in a day two Shecky or, you know, somebody like that to learn from Graham. That being said, he's phenomenal near the end zone. And if I felt like when you watch Seattle, Put it up on the scoreboard. We're throwing to Jimmy. I don't care who's guarding you. I'm going to throw it to him. He's going to get six. And Rodgers is going to throw a million touchdowns to him. Yeah, I, I kind of see that as well. I mean, I understand concerns about Graham's age. I understand concerns about uh, he hasn't hasn't been the same type of player since he left New Orleans. But this dynasty tight end landscape is just such a – such a mess right now, such a disaster. We've talked about it on here before. And I'm looking at, at at the ADP right now. You've got the top four, which is pretty well locked in. Kelsey, Gronk, Ertz, and Ingram. After that, Hunter Henry is the tight end five. OJ Howard. Henry's closer to those top four than after him. Like, I almost feel like there's a top five. But maybe that's being a little generous to Henry. Maybe. I mean, I like Henry as well, and and I would probably agree that he's tight end five, but there's 
plenty of people who have concerns about Henry. And I, th I think if guys like Olsen or Graham or Rudolph were two years younger, mm -hmm. uh, Henry wouldn't be in that range. OJ Howard, David Njoku are tied in six and seven. Uh, I like them both. Not sure they're ready. You know, I'm not starting them week one. I know that. No, um, right. And then we kind of flip between some some veterans and some youth. Greg Olson, tight end eight. George Kittle, tight end nine. Kyle Rudolph, tight end 10. And then you've got Jimmy Graham at tight end 11. So I could easily see Graham going from tight end 11 in March to tight end six in, in April, according to ADP, just based on this signing. Yeah, in those top seven, I have the same. But the top five are the only ones you want to actually start. I mean, I feel like in Dynasty, if you want those top five, you're happy about your tight end situation. If you don't, you're not. And I like Howard Njoku. They're six, seven. But my eight, nine, 10, 11 were Jack Doyle, who I'm not even sure is a good football player, Jimmy Graham, Rudolph Olson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, to, to right. me. To me, Graham is the pretty clear sell here. I'm excited to see him in Green Bay. I think you could have uh, a big season with Rodgers, but um, I, I think there's a lot of questions about his age, about uh, which Jimmy Graham we're going to see, about his health even. If I can sell him, even if I have to add a little something extra for Henry, for Howard, for Njoku, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to make that move. And then even if I'm not ready to start those guys week one, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm going to stick them on my bench and, and go by uh, Delaney Walker, who's tied in 19. Even Charles Clay for nothing. Or, you yeah, know, Charles Clay, Jack Doyle. Yeah. Those guys are all cheap enough and, and uh, can, can hold the seat down until, uh, until the young guys are ready. All I'm right. going to go slightly off script. I know it makes you crazy, but what it if does. it is? What if ASJ signs with the Saints in the next five minutes? Is he I, even in that conversation? Do you like him as much as Kittle? Yeah, I think he he's firmly in that conversation. Okay. He was he was in that range again, according to ADP. At at some point in the season, he was kind of in that fringe tight end one range. Uh, slowed down towards the end of the season. Now he's tight end twenty. Um, he's been rumored to the saints he's been rumored to the seahawks i think both of those would really boost his value and he would be in that in that conversation somewhere between 10 and 15 okay uh, then we're on the same page then. uh while we are talking packers and talking jimmy graham we should also talk about jordy nelson uh basically as soon as the jimmy graham uh decision was announced it was also announced that jordy nelson had been cut do you see any good fits for Jordy in 2018? Not really. Um, I still think he's going to, I don't think he's going to retire. You know, I mean, I think he's going to end up somewhere and there's a lot of wide receiver needy teams. Like I know we're going to get to the Ravens in a minute, but that's kind of what I was thinking with the Packers or, or with the Patriots grab them, you know, as a reclamation project, bring them in at the end. I mean, there's a handful of teams that really need receiver help. But he doesn't help you on special teams. He's not a special player at this point. I kind of think he's going to fade away into the sunset. Would you buy Jordy Nelson for a late second in a dynasty league right now? No. Okay. All right. 
Um, Matt, we have a lot of players left. We're going to go through these really quickly. Marquise Lee uh, agrees to stay in Jacksonville for a year deal. We should lump him with Moncrief because they're yeah. both. Yeah, but I don't want to be there. Right. They've got Lee. They they agreed to sign, uh, or I guess Moncrief agreed to sign with them. Uh, later in the day, they also have Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook. They have they have four wide receiver twos, it seems like to me. Uh, I, I kind of think they could all cancel each other out. Um, of course, Lee also mm-hmm. has the injury history to deal with. I don't really think this changes his value much at all. Really, the only change is uh, A-Rob is gone, which he, he missed the entire year last year anyway. So I don't see much of a change for Lee. I don't think this opens up any kind of selling window, but I kind of wish it did. Uh, if I have shares of him, Paul Richardson, Lee, who would you rather have Lee or Moncrief? Moncrief. I would too. Yeah. But they're same with like stills and Richardson and Lockett and those type of guys for me. Yeah. They're, they're not quite afterthoughts, but they're those guys who are worthy of a roster spot, but you're never really going to consider starting them. Now, I mean, Moncrief two years ago, a year and a half ago was, a top 30 dynasty value. So, I mean, he's, he's the one who could potentially regain that. I I hope he does. I still like Moncrief a little bit. Paul Richardson, five year, $40 million deal. I was shocked at this one from the Redskins. So now it's Richardson and Crowder and Josh Dotson. Um, And then of course, a couple tight ends there, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis questions about both of those. I don't like this signing at all. What do you think? No, I don't either. I mean, maybe he'll be Alex Smith's Tyreek Hill, you know, light Michelob Ultra version. Hmm. Um, but that's wishful thinking. I mean, Tyreek Hill's a much better football player. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of Crowder, a lot of Chris Thompson, tight ends, get it out of your hands quick. And I don't trust them to stay healthy. Yeah, I have the same concerns. Kind of like Lee, even though Richardson did change teams, he he just doesn't really seem to have much much dynasty value. If I could sell for a second, I would be glad to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not really buying for anything unless he's somehow on the waiver wire, which he's which he would not be. Um, yeah, I I don't love the fit there in Washington. I think they overpaid him as well. Uh, let's move on. Dion Lewis is the next guy. He has not signed, but has uh, reportedly has a lot of interest from the Colts and uh, and other teams. I know you you have liked been liking Lewis a little bit. Do you still? I really love the way he played this last year. I mean, I, I thought that. He handled all duties well. He's younger than I thought. I thought he was like 29-ish, and he's, I think, 27, maybe even 26. I think he's 27. Um, I would like to see the Colts grab him, but I feel like the next time you and I talk, we'll be talking free agent running backs, you know, McKinnon and Hyde, and none of the none of the, the, the shoes have dropped on these guys yet. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, we haven't really heard anything on Carlos Hyde. Um, in fact, the next couple guys on the list – uh, Tyler Eifert, Carlos Hyde. I have I haven't seen the the first tweet, the first Roto World blurb about either of those guys. Uh, a couple of big names in dynasty circles, but um, maybe not getting the interest that uh, that they had hoped on the free agent market. 
McKinnon and Lewis, before today, McKinnon and Lewis were the only names I were seeing blurbs on. And then Crowell signed today, too. And we'll get to him, I'm sure. Right. Okay. Next up is um, Trey Burton leaves the Eagles four-year, $32 million deal with the Bears. Um, I, I had really been a big proponent of buying Burton. He was um, he was one of my top uh, top off-season buys, especially wanted to try to get him before free agency. Uh, and I'm a little disappointed with him landing there. Again, I, I mentioned at the mm-hmm. top of the show, I, I was also kind of liking Adam Shaheen as a player to target. Um, I, I don't think they're going to quite cancel each other out. I think maybe Shaheen is going to get the short end of the stick here as Burton is going to average $8 million a year. I don't think... I don't think we're looking at any type of committee or anything like that. I, I think this is Burton's show. I think we'll see an awful lot of double tight end sets, and I almost think that they're they're almost totally different players. I mean, it's, it's almost like a Gronk Aaron Hernandez situation. I mean, they don't look the same. They're both called TEs, but I don't know if they'll be asked to do the same things, run the same type of routes. I could see Burton lining all over the formation. But we talked Bears earlier, and I think that they're passing pie will grow from a year ago, but not enough that Burton's going to get six, seven, eight targets a game. So as of basically, as of, basically as of the Super Bowl, I was ranking Burton as a tight end one. I think I have him as my tight end 11 or 12. Um, so he doesn't really have a ton of room to, to move up in my rankings. Um, I'm interested to hear you call him a sell going back to the, to that tight end ADP, do you want Burton or Eric Ebron? Ebron. I have Burton as my 17th right now. I have, I just, I don't know that he's a special player. Um, I could be persuaded to move him up a couple spots, but I'm still having Kittle and Walker and Ebron over him. ASJ. Okay. I've seen Burton traded a lot for a second round pick. It sounds like you would do that. that I move. would. I would. Okay. All right, let's run through a couple of these others. You already mentioned Isaiah Crowell a little bit. He signs a three-year deal with the Jets. Of course, Matt Forte retired. Uh, They've got Bilal Powell there and Elijah McGuire. I don't think anybody viewed those two players as as special necessarily, although we can probably say the same thing for Crowell. Uh, But he is set to be the starter. Uh, He goes from one bad team to another. What do we think of Crowell in New York? Yeah, it makes me think that the Jets are smart and realize, let's just hold down the fort with a veteran. If we're torn in the third round between a running back or an offensive lineman, take the offensive lineman. Next year, go get a good running back. Because if I'm team building, running back's always like the last piece of the puzzle I would build from an NFL perspective. And I think Crowell, like you said, is their best back right now. I don't think they're a threat to take Barkley. If they take Michelle or somebody like that, all of a sudden Crowell and Powell are worth nothing. But I think he's a guy you can start this year. Okay, so what do you what do you think this does to his dynasty value? Are you just viewing him as uh, as kind of just a, a one year or or at least one year at a time type asset? A little bit better than that, I would say. I mean, I have him ranked around. McKinnon, Ty Montgomery, Bilal Powell, Marlon Mack, Wayne Gallman. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we're talking running back 30, 40, 50 range. They're in my thir- early 30s. Okay. All right. Um, but I don't like that section the more I look. <laughs> From no, that, 30 to 50s, bleh. It's, it's one big tier. Right. Um, <laughs> Really, Crowell, the Crowell story for me is the same as what we've said with so many of these other players. I don't think it necessarily changes his value. Um, the Jets running game was probably better than expected. The Jets' entire offense was better than expected last year. Um, he should, yeah, he should be that lead back, maybe even the the goal line back or, or mm-hmm. the one who gets the gets the first. Uh, crack at it in the red zone probably could could easily see him outscoring uh his his 2017 campaign but it's it's just not a player you're excited about but do you agree and this kind of is the opposite of what i said but if the jets used a third fourth round pick on a running back that you kind of liked that running back might spike in your rookie ranks yes yeah i mean i wouldn't be concerned about any of these guys as, right. as as competition. I mean, they're they're Spencer Ware, right? Uh, Matt, next up on the Roto World list are um, a trio of wide receivers. Three other guys we haven't really heard anything about: Terrell Pryor, Mike Wallace, and Jordan Matthews. Uh, are you are you watching for where these guys land? Do you even care with these three? I never liked Matthews when everybody else liked Matthews, so no. Prior slightly, just because I'm a little smitten with him from watching him in high school and the ability there, and he's one year removed. He's like a Moncrief to me. Yeah, that's fair. And, and who was the other one? Mike Wallace. Eh, I, I don't want him on my team. Well, he uh, he may have lost his chance to stick in Buffalo. I'm sorry, in Baltimore, because Baltimore just agreed to sign John Brown, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so he kind of fits that speed role that Wallace mm-hmm. that Wallace held down there. And uh, Brown is super talented. We know the story there is uh, just his ability to stay healthy and to stay on the field. And I love the player. I mean, he's somebody I own a lot of spots because I can't quit him. But he has, he's been, he's had every injury in the world. He's small. He's been diagnosed with the sickle cell traits, which can't be a great thing for playing football. And he's not in a very good offense. And I still think they might draft Ridley in the first round. Yeah, they, they shouldn't be done at at wide receiver. Um, Wallace is, is, like I said, Wallace is most likely gone. Perriman is potentially um, could could be cut as well. And and whether he's there or not, it probably doesn't matter. They need to make a, a couple more moves. They need to be acting like the Bears, the Rams last year, and completely uh, retooling that wide receiver depth chart. See, to me, they're the losers. You know, like we heard them kind of linked with Landry sort of linked with some of these other big receivers, but they don't have the cap space to do it. And now they're hoping. And and if you're Landry or Robinson or Sammy or, or whoever, do do you want to go to Baltimore? Not really, but I'm sure Landry wasn't thrilled about the Browns either. We didn't even bring him up. Uh, Yeah. We, we didn't get to him. The Browns made some, some crazy (laughs) moves since we've, uh, since since our last show um this one was a 
surprise to me. Uh, Albert Wilson leaves the Chiefs. That part is not a surprise, but he was rumored to land with Nagy and the and the Bears. Instead, he goes to Miami on a three-year, $24 million deal. Uh, nice payday for him. I don't know what the Dolphins are doing. They... <laughs> They give away Jay Ajayi. They give away Jarvis Landry. They, they've got question marks at quarterback, yet they're seemingly uh, just going to ride with Tannehill. I mean, this 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 is a bad team right now. It really looks that way. I mean, there's they kind of need everything. And, oh, by the way, they're cutting Namakong Sue, their best player. You know, yeah. like uh, they make uh, – they're the team that I think manages the cap the worst. But that's a, an NFL story, not – here and I think what they're doing is we're not going to give Landry 16 million and I can be on board with that. We're going to get a pick for him. Good for you. You got something from a guy that could have got nothing from. And they signed Danny Amendola today too. I don't know if you saw that. So maybe Wilson plus Amendola can equal close to Landry out of the slot at a much cheaper rate. But uh, I don't want them on my team. Yeah, I mean maybe I want Wilson just because he's he's cheap or maybe free he's he is a guy who's potentially on the waiver wire in some leagues and he's probably going to see a ton of targets you know it depends yeah. on it he's depends on what you, right it depends on what you think about uh, about Devonte parker uh, we we pretty much know what stills is he's going to make the occasional big play he's going to he's going to score some some touchdowns uh, but he's not going to demand a lot of targets wilson might see seven or eight targets a game, you know, out of the slot. He might be their leading receiver. I mean, the way you just laid that out, it's not, you don't have to squint too hard to see him catch 75, 80 balls for a thousand yards and lead the team in catches. Yeah. All right. Just a couple more players we want to run through here. We already mentioned uh, Dante Moncrief. We mentioned Taylor Gabriel. Uh, He goes to the bears as well as they just remake that pass catching core Jonathan Stewart got cut by the Panthers a couple weeks ago and he is now a New York giant uh that running game has been terrible for years Wayne Gallman kind of showed some flashes last year uh but they they had to make some moves and and like we've said before they shouldn't be done at running back they they should get somebody else but do you like Stewart with the Giants not really, but they're very familiar with them. I mean, it's heavy Carolina ties now there in New York. They like him as a player. He's reliable, but that line's bad. I kind—I mean, I was kind of stashing Gallman, hoping that he might end up being the lead guy. He flashed last year. I mean, I wasn't spending a lot on him. I'm not brokenhearted over this. And I, I think now the conversation is, does this preclude you in any way from taking Barkley or an early second round back? I don't think this slows you down at all, but he doesn't doesn't help on special teams. Right. I don't think so either. I I don't know what the, uh, what the finances are going to be, but if you want Barkley and he's there, Jonathan Stewart shouldn't change that decision. Uh, No, no. So, you know, in that situation, Stewart might not even be on the roster in, you know, right, when, right. when camp opens or or in week one. All right, uh, Matt, we've run through a ton of players. We have one more left, and and we kind of mentioned it earlier in the show. Cameron Bright, this got it started yesterday. Surprises everyone and stays with Tampa Bay. 
six year, $41 million deal. He got a lot more money than, uh, than expected. And most importantly for dynasty owners is the presence of OJ Howard and, and how these two can coincide and, and can potentially work on the field together. We talked about Shaheen and Burton earlier, um, com- c- kind of comparing those guys maybe to, to, to a poor man's Gronk and Hernandez. That's, that's nice to think about, but we just don't see two tight ends, two impactful tight ends on the field at the same time very often. So what do you make of the bright OJ Howard? I think now is a great buying window for Howard. You know, people might be a little scared. I think Howard's way more talented and I'm, I'm a believer in Winston for the long term and that passing game. Um, from a football standpoint, that's a lot of money for an average starting below average type guy. I, I didn't understand that. I, I would have used that money on defense or a running back. Yeah. Right. Or a guard or right. Yeah, that one surprised me as well. As as I said, I did. I agree with you, and I and I put this out on Twitter yesterday when when this happened. I think it's this is a time to buy Howard, but then I got an offer that uh, that I I couldn't turn down. I sold OJ Howard in one league hmm. for the one point oh nine. I probably would have done that too, but I'd be curious who your other tight ends were. You know, we talked about how scarce tight ends are. Right. I could see why a team might give you one nine for him, depending yeah. on roster construction. Yeah. So I, I also have Ingram in that league. And, oh, nice. yeah. uh, and I also, speaking of Braid, I have Braid on my roster. So I feel like I have my starter in Ingram. Braid's a, a, a solid backup. So yeah, I was having Ingram makes me say yes to that too. Then if you yeah. didn't, if Howard was your best dynasty asset tight end, I might not have. Right. Yeah, that's understandable. I, I think that's a fair deal. That's about what mm-hmm. uh, you might have paid to get him on your roster this time last year. Um, so recouping that value and and maybe using that pick on a running back or a wide receiver, I think probably makes makes sense for that team and, and probably for most teams if you could get a deal like yeah. that. But it, if I could buy Howard for an early second or or even – early mm-hmm. second and early third, something like that. A couple of picks. Uh, I agree with you in general on buying Howard. Yeah. If I could give you Kittle and two nine for Howard, I would. Yeah. Yeah. I like that as well. Or Burton or one of these other hot tight ends. I think Burton might be the only player we disagree on. I'm I'm still on board with buying Burton mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in Chicago with that new deal. I can see that. All right. As I mentioned, Matt, we uh, we had some great questions, did not get to them today, but we will get to them next time. And uh, I'm sure we'll have even more news. Uh, we might we might have to try to record another show later this week that the news is coming so quickly. Yeah, absolutely. But for now, that's all we have for today. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.